Welcome to the Vine Podcast. This is Warren. There's a well-known part of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus instructs his listeners not to judge. But instead of simply saying, do not judge, he gives a short illustration to further his point. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Now that short story is supposed to be absurd. It's supposed to be outlandish. And I think it's a story that is meant to be humorous. I'm convinced that there is humor throughout the Bible, much more than we even realize. Finding humor in scripture can be difficult for a number of reasons. For one thing, humor doesn't always translate across cultures, in part because humor is often a riff on social norms, expectations, and shared experiences. And so looking back thousands of years to documents written in different languages on the other side of the world presents numerous barriers, including but not limited to recognizing humor. But beyond that, humor is sometimes missed simply because it may not be what we are expecting to find in the pages of Scripture. And yet, even with all of those previously mentioned barriers in place, there's humor to be found. And I believe that recognizing those writings, those moments, and those situations of humor actually does us some good. And so today, we are going to discuss humor in the Bible. And Rachel is joining me once again for this conversation. Hello, Rachel. Hey, this is going to be fun. (laughs) Hopefully so. We'll see how it goes. So we're going to talk about humor in the Bible today. And so I thought what we would do, I actually, this is something I've, I've kind of thought about at different times and places over the years, especially just in reading through scripture. I thought about it again a couple of times, really, as we were going through the Jacob series. Uh, I think one of the, the main places where I thought of it, there's just a couple of lines that are written in a way that it, it seems like they could be written in a way to intentionally be humorous. And one of them is where, uh, you know, Jacob thinks he's marrying Rachel. And then it says, when morning came, there was Leah. And so it's kind of sad on one hand for if you're looking at it from Leah's perspective, but it seems almost written sort of purposely humorous that it's this kind of unexpected moment and, and it's written in a way to sort of be at least surprising. Um, And if, if not, maybe humor as we would kind of think of it sometimes. But that was one of the things that kind of got me thinking about it again. And so I thought, well, we'll see. Maybe this would be a good podcast conversation. And so we'll, we'll try it and see if it is. Uh, so, so Rachel, I thought what we would do is kind of go back and forth for a little bit here and, and share what we find as some of the funny moments, stories, writings in Scripture. And so we've each kind of picked out a few. We have not compared our lists ahead of time so we'll see maybe where there's overlap and maybe where we've thought of some different stuff yeah so are you ready to go with that rachel why don't you kick us off what are you what are some funny things or throw out one of your funny scriptures stories whatever you want to so start with the last time i remember reading the bible and actually laughing out loud in reaction to what i was reading was when I was reading Numbers. And so this is the story of the prophet who is summoned to actually curse Israel. And he's riding his donkey and he's on his way to to go and see what Yahweh will say, whether he will curse or bless Israel. 
and God puts an angel in the way to prevent them from going on their way to stop the cursing of Israel because God has already blessed Israel. And the donkey sees the angel, but the rider doesn't see the angel. And so the donkey stops and he just sits down. And the prophet who's riding on the donkey is filled with rage and he's beating the donkey, beats him three times. And it says that uh, the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, because you have made a fool of me. I wish I had a sword in my hand, for then I would kill you. And the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey, on which you have ridden all your life long to this day? Is it my habit to treat you this way? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way. So that story is is better read within the context of everything that's going on, and when it just kind of catches you when you're not expecting it. But it's just really funny because it's like, it feels really serious, intense, and there's this situation of, is the prophet going to curse or bless Israel? And then all of a sudden you have a donkey being like, why are you hitting me? Like, I'm good to you, man. You have been riding me your whole life. Have I ever treated you this way? And the prophet's like, no. (laughs) Um, So that's what's funny to me (laughs) is that it's an animal talking And God gives the animal that ability. And that, like, the animal had the eyes to see the situation, whereas the prophet, the human, missed what God was doing in that scenario. And I have a friend who said that she was in church, and her seven-year-old son was reading the Bible on his own. And she was really happy because he was reading the Bible. And then he just, like, starts busting out laughing, like, during the sermon. (laughs) And the pastor was not preaching on this story at all. But he was reading this story, and it made him laugh, and he laughed in church. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, that's that's a great one. And I I love in that story, too, that he, that, like, the humor isn't just that that the donkey is talking, but the you know, the donkey seems to have a little bit of like that question, is it my mm-hmm. habit to treat you this way? It's yeah. funny in and of itself. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, that's a great one. Good good one to start us off with. Um, so I'm going to stay in the Old Testament then for my first one. So mine is, this one is from Exodus 32. And so there's there's a story where Moses goes up on the mountain to get the law and and so while he's there, the people get restless and impatient, and they want Aaron to build for them a, an idol, a golden calf. And so, so Aaron takes their, their gold, their jewelry, and apparently kind of melts it all down. And then it says, fashions with a tool, a golden calf. And he presents it to the people, and he says, look, here are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. Um, and so Moses comes back, and it says, Moses said to Aaron, this is Exodus 32, this is verse 21, says, Moses said to Aaron, what did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? And so then in his response, Aaron says, do not be angry. Do not be angry, my Lord. You know how prone these people are to evil, which that alone is is great and kind of funny. He just says, hey, you know how these people are. These are just (laughs) awful people. And then he kind of says a couple of other things. But then he says, so I told them, whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. Then they gave me the gold and threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. <laughs> and so Aaron just presents it in a way that like, hey, I don't know, we threw it in the fire and this calf popped out, <laughs> which is just, it's not at all what happened. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. 
intense and and is presented in a way that I do think is is supposed to be humorous and and for us to find find funny and laughable I think Aaron's response that like hey I you know these are just evil people I threw it in the fire mm-hmm. this calf came out what do you want me to do yeah. I can't do anything about it and I it. feel like that's really relatable because it's kind of the story of when someone gets caught in the act of doing something they weren't supposed to do and they're like I don't know like I don't even know how it happened you know like it was these people they did it, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't know yeah you know how terrible all these people around us are yeah yeah, that's a good one. So I have one uh, from Judges. So there's a prophet called Ehud, and he goes to King Eglon, and this is an enemy of the Israelite people. And so he tells the king, I have a message from God for you. And so the king stands up, and he gets really close to Ehud, the prophet. Uh, this is from Judges chapter 3, verse 20. And so the prophet, or it's actually um, the judge, Ehud the judge. And so he takes his sword in the moment where the king is is physically close to him and vulnerable and, like, shoves it through the king's belly. And the text basically says that the fat of the king, like, rolls over the sword and, like, encompasses the sword. Um, And so once the sword is in the king, uh, Ehud runs away and locks the door behind him and so the servants are outside and they're waiting for the king and he doesn't come out and he doesn't come out and they're like oh well he must be relieving himself in his private chamber so the servants are like oh he's he's in the bathroom so we'll wait and so they wait and they wait and it says that they wait until they're embarrassed (laughs) and then finally they go in and discover that their king is dead so that one's funny because it's just kind of it's almost like slapstick of like hey i gotta tell you something oh haha i got you um and just the description of the fat rolling over the sword and then the potty humor of (laughs) oh he must be relieving himself we'll wait (laughs) yeah that one kind of has all kinds because it's kind of dark too that they find out hey he's, he's he's dead yeah and and yeah so i think that's good that's a good example too of just how there's there's different types uh there's i think there's you see a lot of like you said sort of slapstick stuff there's a lot of just kind of irony and a lot of situations where people are put in unexpected circumstances or people make mistakes and i mean even in you know the story of of Abraham and then of Isaac you know where they pretend that their wives or their sisters, you know, to kind of keep them alive, you know, you could even, I think, read into those kind of a little bit of, of a comedic element, at least in the sense that they're, they're being thrust into situations where, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of situations that you could imagine a, a situational comedy existing, right, where this could produce some awkwardness, it could produce situations where, where some of those types of things could come up. And and I also think there's there's stories where there's actually quite a bit of of what we would call sarcasm, I think. And so that's where that's where I'll go next cuz I had I had one more story from the Old Testament from this is my favorite. This is when I think about humorous stories from the Old Testament. Um this is my favorite one. So this is 1 Kings 18 when Elijah 
Elijah's having this showdown basically with the prophets of Baal, right? They're going to have this competition to see whose God is stronger, basically. So they both are going to set up these sacrifices. They're going to call on their God to, to bring down fire on these bulls that are laid out as sacrifices. And so the prophets of Baal are going to do that to Baal, and, and then Elijah's going to do it to, to his God, to Yahweh. And so the, the prophets are out there. They're, they're calling on Baal. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And so then the text says that at noon, Elijah began to taunt them. And then he says, shout louder, he said. Surely he is a God. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling, which is, <laughs> that's great in and of itself. Then he says, maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. Um, and so I just have this great picture of Elijah just completely confident. And, and so he's just throwing this stuff out. And I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, keep going. Maybe he's traveling. Maybe he's asleep. And they do. They keep going. They get louder and they keep trying. And of course, nothing, nothing works. And, and I just picture Eliza just sort of very sarcastically and almost kind of smugly throwing all this stuff out there. And, and I just think it, it just reads very humorous and funny, I think. Well, did you say the best part? He says, or maybe he's relieving himself. <laughs> so Elijah suggests, well, maybe your God had to go to the bathroom, and that's why he's not answering you right now. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's that thread that keeps running through some of these stories. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of potty humor in the Bible. I'm sorry, but um, the point is like, Elijah is capitalizing on the fact of pointing out, like, your God is a no God. Like, it's not real. So, like, if he's traveling, he's on vacation, he's going to the bathroom, he can't hear you. Well, that's not the case with Yahweh. He hears you wherever you are. It's not like, oh, God, Yahweh went away. No, he's always there. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, So, okay, one more potty humor one, and then I promise I'll get off of it. So there's, You got a trend here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so David is traveling, and he's trying to save his life, and he's running from Saul, and he's hiding in caves and stuff. And so Saul is looking for David, and he finds, well, he almost finds David. And he basically gets into the same cave that David is in, and so... Saul finds, oh, this is a good private place. Let me go ahead and go to the bathroom here. And so as he's doing that, David has the opportunity to kill Saul. But instead of killing him, he reaches out and cuts off a piece of his robe. Then Saul goes away. And when he's gotten a certain distance, David is like, aha, look, this is your cloak. I could have killed you, but I didn't. Um, And so it's just kind of an awkward, funny moment of like, he was like, was he pooping in there in the cage? And then David cut off a piece of his robe. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, plenty, plenty of stories that I think, especially once you get into those Old Testament stories, when you, because even some of them, the way they're written, kind of tones them down a little bit. And when you think about what is what is sometimes implied by the text and what is sometimes kind of, in the subtext of what's there, you think, wait a minute, this, this is, uh, there's some other stuff going on here that, that doesn't necessarily meet our, our eye and our, our ear and our mind when we, when we're just kind of doing a, a cursory reading through the story. So that's good. 
Uh, I'm going to move to the New Testament. I've got a couple. These are just kind of a couple of verses that I think are funny in the New Testament. And then I'll, I'll end with some stuff about Jesus after that. So I'm going to read just a couple of these verses. And then if you've got a, a couple you want to maybe throw out there together after this, Rachel, and then we'll move towards Jesus and see, see what we see in, in, in Jesus' ministry and stories. Because a couple of my favorite funny verses in the New Testament are, one is Hebrews eleven twelve that says, and so from this one man, talking about Abraham, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. And so we've, we've heard repeatedly in, in the Old Testament of how old Abraham was when, when he bears you know, children, when, when Isaac is born. But the Hebrews writer just says, look, he was as good as dead. Like this guy was... He wasn't just old. He was as good as dead. And so I think, I think there's supposed to be some humor in that. And then for me, my favorite humorous verse in the New Testament is Matthew 4, 2, that says, After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, which I think is just such a great verse. It's such a stating the obvious verse. And just, um, yes, thank you, Matthew, for pointing out that after 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was hungry. And I've even referenced that one in sermons before, mm-hmm. but that's, that one's my favorite. <laughs> um, and so, like I said, I've got some other stuff from Jesus, but I'll throw it back to you first. Yeah. I think. Did you have any others that we haven't gotten to yet before we get to Jesus? Um, yeah, there's so much. Um, I think some of the patterns I'm seeing are like overstatement and understatement. So both of those can be humorous or just kind of the, the circumstantial humor of it could be what seems like it's going to be violent turns out to be peaceful or the opposite. Just these scenarios that keep kind of flipping the expectation. Um, Like the whole story of Jonah is humorous to me. Um, Like even the animals repent, like the animals put on sackcloth (laughs) and the story ends with with God saying, shouldn't I care about the cows? Um, And I just, I find that funny. So I feel like when animals play a role that we don't expect them to play, um, that turns out to be humorous. So Yeah, the the animals putting on sackcloth is probably one of those cultural elements that isn't immediately recognizable to us that... Um, yeah, so that's, I, I like that one. Cause I do think, I mean, if to me, and that's kind of why I mentioned that at the beginning, if there's noticeable humor to us, like, I just also think then what are the elements of the stories that we don't even recognize as humor that, that the original readers would have read and laughed at kind of like your, your friend's son or whoever you were mentioning earlier in church. Like, I just think there have to be some of those other stories that had that that effect on people, especially with as much of play on words as there is in the Old Testament with the Hebrew language and and all of that type of stuff. I just think there's there's a lot that we end up missing, and that man, if we can if we can make out these little bits kind of here and there on looking back at it, how much more is just lost in in generations and translation and all that? Mm. Yeah, there's. Well, for a New Testament one, uh, there's a story of Peter when he, this is Acts 12. So Peter is in prison and he's asleep 
And then an angel appears and there's a light and all of a sudden his chains are like open. The angel tells him, get up, get dressed, come out, follow me. And so he follows the angel and he thinks that he's dreaming or having a vision. But when he finally gets out in the open street and he's free, that's the moment when he realizes, oh, I wasn't dreaming. This was actually happening. Um, so I think that's kind of funny is like situations where the character is not sure if what's going on is real or not. There's some situational irony, but then immediately after he so effortlessly gets set free from prison, he goes to meet up with his friends in the church who have been praying for him and he knocks on the door and he's like, Hey, let me in. And the servant opens the door and she's so excited. She runs away to go tell everybody, Hey, Peter's here. But she forgets to actually open the door to him. And so she leaves him outside knocking. And they're like, no, that's just his angel. So what's actually happening, they think, again, it's not real. Um, and then they run, she, then they are, he keeps knocking and they're like, oh, it really is Peter. And so they finally let him in. So just kind of that irony of it should be difficult to get out of prison, but it was, e- it was easy. It should be easy <laughs> to get into your friend's house when you're going to see them, but it was really difficult. And that in both of those situations, the people thought that what God was doing and what was actually happening wasn't real. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I haven't ever thought about the irony of that, of the, yeah, he gets out of prison but can't get into his friend's house. So that's, <laughs> that's good. I like that one. Um, I, I think there's actually, I think if you look at, at kind of the ministry of Jesus, you know, I've, this is something else I've said before that I just, I think that anyone who is as good of a storyteller as Jesus has to have a good sense of humor. And, and if Jesus is, you know, the, if Jesus is fully human, um, I, I'm just convinced that he also had had a sense of humor and laughed and smiled and joked with his disciples. Um, I I don't think I ever realized that it says in the text that Jesus is actually the one who gave James and John the nickname Sons of Thunder, um, which which I think is great that that Jesus seemed to recognize something about these two brothers who who seem to be very sort of emo- emotional and impetuous, almost kind of like Peter, that they're the ones who, you know, they, they're going into a Samaritan town and uh, were, were turned away. They weren't welcomed. So they say, hey, you want us to call, you know, call fire and lightning, whatever they say, down on this town and basically wipe everybody out. So, you know, it would be especially, I think, uh, funny almost if Jesus gave them that nickname as a result of that, uh, that, sto- that occurrence. Like maybe Jesus is able to just find some of the humor even in their what we would kind of consider character flaws, basically. Um, and so what? It, but whatever it was that led to those nicknames, Jesus is the one who seems to 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 give it to them. And and then if you think about some of the things that Jesus it kind of the phrases that he uses throughout his teachings, he talks about the blind leading the blind, which is sort of a humorous image. He talks about straining out a gnat, about a camel going through the eye of a needle. He talks about cleaning the outside of a cup while leaving the inside dirty. Uh, and then my, my favorite one that I think is supposed to be humorous is the one I started with of, of telling a story about, you know, someone trying to remove a speck of dust from someone else's eye while a huge log is sticking out of their own eye. I think all of those are meant to to kind of, to at least put a smile on someone's face and make you chuckle 
and kind of make you think about a concept by by provoking this kind of absurdity or uh, hyperbolic kind of nuanced whatever aspect of whatever it is that he's talking about and 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 I just think he he seems to do that with humor throughout a lot of his teachings I I think as you read through his stories his ministry his teachings the ways he interacts with people it seems to me to be something that comes up repeatedly Mhm yeah for sure yeah I think that Jesus uses humor more than we realize and that is neat to think about the nickname because I feel like you give nicknames to people that you really love or people that are close to you, people that are important in your life or that you're going to spend a lot of time with, you know, or that there's something that you like about their personality or something. And so I just feel like that brings kind of a lightheartedness in a humanness to the character of Jesus, that he was somebody giving nicknames to the people that he's hanging out with. Hey, sons of thunder, come on, y'all, we're eating some fish, you know? Like, I, I think that, that right. that's neat, too, and shows us that maybe he, he had a lighthearted, cheerful demeanor and was laughing. Like, I wonder when he's saying the mean things to the Pharisees or the truthful stuff about cleaning the outside of the cup and leaving the inside uh, dirty, if he's, like, actually laughing <laughs> while saying that. Um, yeah. Or, like, what is the delivery? Yeah, maybe he's got kind of a wry smile on his face in some of those occasions. Yeah. And so that leads us then kind of, I, I think that leads us well into this, this kind of question of, okay, so why, why does this matter? Why, why kind of spend some time thinking through all this? And, and I think that that is a big aspect of it for me is that I think it, it helps us to pick up on the, the depths of the text and, and kind of gives us more insight into what's going on when we recognize these things. And I do think it helps to humanize Jesus. I think it helps us to see him in, in maybe a more well-rounded, uh, a more well-rounded way. And, and I think that if we miss Jesus's wit and his sense of irony and his use of humor and hyperbole and, and imagery and metaphor and, and all of those things, then I think we, we actually end up missing some major components of his teaching techniques. And I think it's, I think they, they can be examples of, and reminders that, that the, the method there, there's something to take from the method of Jesus's teachings in addition to just the pure content of it. That, like I said, with the, with the example of the, of the speck and the plank, you know, Jesus could have taken a very serious approach to what we would consider a very serious topic, right? Do not judge. Don't be a hypocrite. Like these are kind of weighty things. And yet he chooses to make that point by telling what I think is supposed to be a humorous story. And, and I think there's something for us to take from that. And, and I think it helps to break down kind of this image that we sometimes have of Jesus as this like very stoic figure who's kind of prim and proper, doesn't laugh, you know, is, is um, very kind of straight-laced. But and so I think reading these stories in this way helps us with some of that, even specifically with Jesus. And we can get to the broader parts of Scripture in a minute, but I think the concepts are similar. But, but you know, even Jesus recognized that there was a criticism about him that, that people said, 
you know, he came eating and drinking and was a glutton and a drunkard. Like that mm. was the kind of the story of Jesus in some circles at that time. This guy's mm. just a partier. <laughs> and, and so he certainly was not this kind of, you know, buttoned up, you know, guy who wasn't able to enjoy himself. Now, he's telling that as a way of saying, you know, that's not what he was. He wasn't a glutton and a drunkard. But that was the perception of him based on where he was hanging out, what he was doing, and, and just kind of where he was spending his time and how he was handling himself. And so he was someone who could have a good time, could enjoy himself. And I think we, we get a more well-rounded picture of Jesus when we kind of recognize some of that. Yeah, I think that uh, when we notice humor in the Bible, one of the takeaways for me is that God created laughter and that he enjoys it and that he wants us to laugh, to enjoy our stories, to find humor in the circumstances of our lives and in ourselves. Um, And I think it lets us know that it's okay to be lighthearted Life doesn't have to be serious all the time. Um, that everyone needs to have fun. So fun is not just for kids. I think Jesus had fun as an adult man on earth, even though his life was excruciatingly hard, especially at the end. Um, I think that God wants adults to have fun too and to laugh. And I think that that is just a, a part of God's character that we can see when we take the time to notice. Or you could read a story and then you could probably notice one or two different ways. Like you could be like, oh, this is funny. Or or you could take it another way and be like, oh, what is this telling me about, you know, how I should live or what's the application for me? Um, but I think that it's okay. Like we don't have to be so serious. It's okay to find humor in the Bible <laughs> and, and to laugh. <laughs> I don't think that that's a sin Um, in the appropriate times and places. It's sometimes intentionally put there for our enjoyment and to bring across the point of the story. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. If we're, if we are called to be people of, of joy um, and people who, I mean, um, there's a lot in in the Bible, certainly about rejoicing that, that, yeah. Um, And as you said, you know, there, there are appropriate places for that. Honestly, we're not saying that the, this isn't to say that Jesus was a stand-up comedian or that, uh, you know, there aren't obviously serious parts of his teachings and, and, and scripture. Um, but I do think that, that almost anything that helps us to kind of broaden and expand how we look at and read scripture is, is good. And I say almost anything because I'm sure that there are extremes of that philosophy that would not be helpful. And so, I, you know, I understand that. But I think that I think approaches that help us to to explore scripture looking in, in ways that, that kind of equip us and empower us to look for a new angle, to look for nuance, to look for a different perspective, that those are good things to pursue. And and so I think that, you know, p- perhaps looking for humor in scripture is one way that we can do that. And, and one of the things that I think it helps us to do then is kind of like I said with, with, with Jesus is to kind of break down some of the walls of almost stoicism that I think we sometimes have when it comes to scripture. Um, and it can kind of breaks down some of the disconnect maybe that we sometimes feel or the coldness or, or kind of just the stoic nature that we go about approaching some of these scriptures and, and reading them. Just as we talked about, I mean, there are several of those Old Testament stories, right, that we talked about today that you could just skip past some of those details if you're just kind of going through reading. And But if you stop and think, wait a minute, is it saying, is it saying this? Like, is it saying that, 
that David snuck up on him while he was going to the bathroom. Like, that's kind of, that's kind of humorous. Like, that's something you would see in a comedy, right? Um, and so it helps us to kind of notice some of those things. And I think it helps Scripture then to feel more, to feel more real and humanizes all of Scripture in addition to, to Jesus himself and can break down some of those walls and those barriers that are there for, for many different reasons when, when we're approaching Scripture, when we're reading it. Yep, that's awesome. I'm glad we got to talk about this today. And I'm reading Acts right now, so I think I'll probably find many more things now that you put this on my mind. That's good. Yeah, well, you'll have to let us know what you find as you go through it. And, and I'd be curious to hear from others, um, those who are, who are listening along with us. I'd be curious to know what, what do you find funny in the Bible? What stories, what verses, what people do, uh, do you think are humorous? Are there any that we missed? Are there any that you would add? Um, or maybe even how, how your personal study or, or exploration of Scripture has been impacted or could be impacted by, by paying attention to, to some of the funny stuff that may be in there. So I'd be, I'd be interested in hearing from others on that as well. So, all right, Rachel, well, we've, we've covered that one. So thanks, thanks for taking some time to, to talk about that and, and think about some of the, the potentially funny stuff in Scripture with me today. Will you, will you close us in prayer today, Rachel? Okay, let's pray. God, thank you that you enjoy life and that you want us to enjoy it and to laugh and to have fun. Um, I pray that this would be another element that to have in our tool belt of how to read scripture that would just help it to come alive to us in order that we would put your teachings into practice in our lives. Thank you for this church. I pray that you would be with each one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.